This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hello, mindful listeners. Thanks so much again for spending part of your day with us. It's so great to have you. You all know how I love to look up words, right? One of the best words I've ever looked up was the word diet. Uh, because what it really means is habitual nourishment. And that meant so much to me. But I went to look up a word in preparation for today's show. I wanted to look up authenticity. And it means an undisputable origin or genuine. Have you ever been around somebody where you just feel like, oh my dear, they're just so genuine. Like they're in their body. They feel they are who they are all the time, whether they're with you or without you. Well, I have a lovely guest who's going to talk all about authenticity. She wrote an amazing book. It is beautiful. It is deep. It is rich. It is invigorating. It's called Live True, A Mindfulness Guide to Authenticity. Perfect for our show, mindful listeners. Her name is Aura Nadrich. She is the founder and president of the Institute for Transformational Thinking and author of this lovely book I just talked about. She's also a certified life coach and mindfulness teacher. She specializes in transformational thinking, which we're going to hear all about, self-discovery, which we all need more of, especially in these busy modern day times. And as well, she mentors new coaches as they develop their careers. Aura, thanks for being here. Welcome to the show. Hi, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, your book, thank you for sending it along. It is truly, um, even looking at the front cover, a very centering book. (laughs) Thank you. It's beautiful. So, Okay, authenticity. I think it's something that it sounds good when you say it really fast. And I think most of us all strive for it. But why is your message of living authentically, especially necessary for the times we're living in right now? You know, if you think about it, we're living in a time where something like fake news, let's just take that you know, the whole notion of fake news. I mean, I didn't grow up ever hearing that before. You know, yes, we know there's fakery and we know that there are things that are true and real and genuine and authentic. And hopefully we have an inner compass that can discern between the two of what is real and what is not. I think if you plug that into the times that we're in where there's so much uh, confusion, um, duplicity, Uh, information that people are really confused by. They, They really are doubting themselves. They don't know if what is being told and or fed to them is actually real. I mean, we're witnessing in our time a lot of conflict, a lot of um, opposition, polarization, and all that does is fuel the fire of confusion. So I think that something like really focusing on authenticity is absolutely essential today. So, and you're speaking about that kind of inner compass that you're speaking about finding that authentic self, yourself, your own mind. So you can be able to have a compass and a North star and a, a guidepost almost to discern everything that's coming at us. So this is, this is like the inside job, right? Absolutely. And that is exactly what my intentions were for writing this book. Because if you really are aware of your own authenticity, the authentic self, if you will, if we really are connected to who we really are and don't play a role or 
you know, perpetuate a persona or an identity or be things to people that want us to be something that we're not. If we really connect to self in our most authentic essence, then that's our starting point. That's really, you know, the jump start in how we perceive everything because we must connect to the authentic self in order to know what is inauthentic outside of the authentic self. Do you know? Oh, sure. I mean, and you know, I, I think the next subject I'm going to broach with you is how do we get there? Because I think, you know, it's about staying mindful The you know, my, my show is called mindful medicine. And, and what I wanted and hope to do with it is just help people use their own minds for the same reason you're talking about, right? If you look at the, the medical industry, even in the natural product industry, I would say there's a lot of messaging, there's marketing, there is profiteering, there is direct to consumer, you know, just poignant, like, hey, 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 ask your doctor about me. And I feel like because everything is moving so quickly, we can sometimes get very seduced by that and then lose our ability to be mindful. And I think in order to understand your own true authentic self, that mindfulness plays such a big part. And I know it's something you're extremely passionate about. What has made you that passionate about the power of mindfulness? I am extremely passionate about yeah. it. And thank you for saying reading that. your book. Yes. Yes, I am. And it amazes me that I never cease to be passionate about it. it. It's almost like a call to action for me, do you know, because when I present that, as far as, you know, really having people understand the importance of being aware of their own authentic self, then I feel that we become much more conscious, aware human beings. Hence, that's where mindfulness comes into play. Mindfulness is, you know, the, the state of being aware, of being present. It's the practice of being in the present moment. And when we're really awake in the moment, we are much more discerning. We are much more aware of everything around us. We're much more aware of self, we're more aware of others, we're more aware of our environment, and therefore we're more aware of the world. So it really is the lens from which you look through. And when you have a really crystal clear lens, then you really are not going to be so fooled, if you will, or duped, or confused, or swayed, do you know? So it is an inside job, it really is. It starts with us, you know? I, I do think upon it as like this incredible lens that we're looking through. And there's that great quote, I think it's by Thoreau, it's not just what you look at, it's what you see that matters, mm. do you know? Yes, I mean, I, I, I think I've probably adopted and morphed that and, and probably didn't give him credit, but I've always said that it's, the world is not how it is, it's how we are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? It's probably the same thing, isn't it, saying that? Yeah, I've, I'm sure I've, I've completely stolen that and then created something else, but it, it, I will love to get credit where credit is due. But well, you, mor you morphed it, you yes. morphed it. At least, you're getting, at least you're getting a similar message out there. Yeah, and I think it's true, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's so true. And you know, you write in the introduction, this moment you are in right now, the present moment, and you, and you capitalize present moment as if it's like this thing, right? And it is, this is beautiful moment, is the most important moment there is. You are alive in it, and it is uniquely yours, you say, it is unlike any other moment you've ever had or will have again. I mean, just think about that, especially as we are getting older and time is flying by. Um, and then you say, yesterday has come and gone, tomorrow is not here yet. 
It is the present moment that matters the most. And if we value the moments of our lives, like each one of them, right, you're suggesting, we will want to make the most of each of them and not let any moment go by without having lived it as truthfully and authentically as we can. Such a powerful introduction to such an amazing book. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I really do want to, you know, invite the reader into the importance of the present moment. And I mentioned not to waste the moments of our lives because they'll never come again. Do you know? And it's not that we're cognizant of that when we're actually in the moment. The thing is, you know, there's a study out of Harvard that suggests that our mind wanders almost 50% of the time. We're either busy lamenting the past or we're anxious or worried about the future, which isn't here yet. And the time that we have the hardest time really being in is the present. So think of all the moments that we waste. I, there are many, 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 many. Okay, so let's get into the good stuff, which is actually helping folks, because I don't think this is any uh, easy or small task to be fully present, to be authentic, to be mindful. And as you said, it takes practice. So how can we train ourselves to become more fully present? You know, I offer up something in Live True, which is called mindfulness repair. And I like to talk about that because, yes, you're right. It does take work. It takes a concerted effort to be present and aware in the moment of which you are in. And I know that's challenging because we're very busy people. We live very busy lives. And it's only escalating exponentially as time is moving, as you said, very quickly. I bring up mindfulness repair because I really think that's a great introduction for people to understand that, look, we're all going to be mindless or distracted or, you know, just not in the moment, if you will. And a wonderful thing to do is to be aware of that. If you can catch it in the moment that you're in, for example, you're not really listening to your partner first thing in the morning. You're distracted, you're hurrying, now maybe you need to get to work, I get that. You didn't look someone that you love in the eyes when you walked out of the house in the morning. You were rude, curt, short with someone. Again, a loved one, a colleague, a friend. When you get really good at practicing mindfulness and being more in the present, you become more sensitive when you're out of the moment as opposed to really being present in the moment. So I really encourage the reader by saying, you can circle back. You know, you might get on the freeway and say, oh, wow, I was really not very present. And I was actually kind of hurried and even maybe a little rude to my partner. I'm going to bring myself back to them at hmm. some point when I can and say, hey, listen, I'm really sorry that I wasn't really hmm. paying attention when you were talking to me this morning. I was hurried and I'm sorry you know, that I was not able to give you my undivided attention. That is a type of repair that not only really helps another person understand that you really care about them, but that when you get good at that, you'll find that you'll have to apologize less because you will be that much more in the moment in those moments that really take less than a moment for you to be present in. You know, like an example that I just gave, you know, leaving to get to work, being, you know, short to even, it could be a stranger, it could be, a, you know, a server, you know, someone who's uh, waiting on you at a restaurant. Do you know, we really are sometimes so not in present moment awareness. A lot of the time in our day, more than I think, you know, we even want to probably admit to. I hear you. I, you know, I there's a, a couple things um, that uh, this makes me think about about myself. It's like I I've been working, you know, 
in this field for a long time and I'm kind of the you know the idea that I need to walk my talk and I need to practice what I preach and I need to be a living example of what I believe my authentic and core values are but what surprises me sometimes living in Los Angeles is in traffic the things that come out of my mouth <laughs> like I'm like where <laughs> who is who are you and what did you just do with this person that you worked so hard on under like what was that and so I sometimes like it's like I have to you know think well you know this is why they call it practice and um, I'm definitely <laughs> yes. still a human being becoming and not have fully arrived or I'm not a ball of light that's flying through the air that would be great because I could miss all traffic but um <laughs> it is is definitely a check for me um because uh, it's just some it's some place where I understand where my edge is or you know hey what's really going on and it's something that allows me because you know if you get myopic right it's so much easier and I feel so much better um if you know I, I came up with this we live in Beachwood Canyon now it's um so the canyon life and and there's a lot of times I'll go to go to work and I can't get through because there's a truck like a garbage truck right or anything and you you literally have to like back down the hill or and instead of like oh my gosh I you know I'm gonna be later I'm like well it's so beautiful here and I'm like this is this is I, I decided I'd, I'd create this mantra called this is canyon living um period you know it's like every little spider that I see and capture and maybe mm-hmm. allowed to go outside I'm like hey this is canyon living because I have so much joy and so much gratitude for where I live and um it just helps me be more present and be more accepting of the things I don't have control over well first of all uh, let me just say, you're not alone. I live in Los Angeles, too. So I'm a fellow Los <laughs> Angelino. I, too, have had many of those moments where I have to remind myself, uh, excuse me, you're a mindfulness author, practitioner, um, expert in this field. And as you say, you know, you know, what is, again, that great quote by Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, we are spiritual beings having a human, human experience. experience. So yes. if you start to really add up all of the human experiences that we're having, one of them is being in traffic. And and when you said that, Holly, it, it's so true, because as you were telling me the story, and how many of us have been in that scenario where you're stuck behind a, a garbage truck? And if you think about it, what's the most agitating thing about that is that we're trying to get to the next moment. Mm. That truck is stopping us from getting to the next moment. So that is a real indicator of that we're already anticipating getting anxious, getting uncomfortable, getting agitated, that something is stopping us from getting to the next moment. And if we can really rein that in and be in the present moment and say, hey, I'm stuck behind this truck. There's not a whole lot I can do right now. Let me take a couple of deep breaths in and out and bring my focus and awareness back to the present moment. Not so easy to do, but something that we really need to implement more. I even mentioned in the book, you know, life gazing, which is another practice that I have created for my readers and listeners that are listening to this, was developed Ah. when I was at a red light. Another thing that stops us. That's another thing about, you know, that we, pro- that we deal with every day, and it's called a red light. What does that do? It stops us. And if you notice how so many people, the minute the light turns green, they bolt. They completely like, you know, burn rubber to get the heck, yeah. <laughs> heck out of the moment, okay? It's so, it's such a great analogy and it's so true. 
And so, you know, life gazing was created because one time I was just like you were behind the garbage truck. I was at a red light. I needed to get somewhere. And that red light, which I don't know how long that lasts, you know, maybe a minute, I think. Right. And I was at the red light and I said, oh, that's interesting. You're, you're actually, you know, you're in, you're in a hurried state. And that's the practice of mindfulness is having the awareness of, oh, I'm feeling really rushed right now. What can I do to counter that? So what I did is I started to look at the people that were crossing the street and really being mindfully aware, not judgmentally, which is one of the aspects of practicing present moment awareness, is I just started to look at the people that were crossing the street with total neutrality. Oh, look at that sweet woman, you know, crossing the street with her baby in the stroller. Or look at that man, you know, with his Starbucks coffee in one hand, his briefcase in another, running across the street. And that that's where life gazing was born. At a moment where I was forced to stop, I had yeah. no choice. You know, and maybe we can now like get into our cars and, and shut the door and go, okay, it's time for my training today. You know, it's like a consistent yeah, practice. It's yes. time It's time for my practice and, and set the intention of being in the car and being able to life gaze and being able to stop when we're asked and, and you know, be fully present like you're asking folks to do. That, Holly, really is the practice of mindfulness. Mindfulness is really, you know, uh, informal meditation. It's taking the formal meditation, which would be sitting on a meditation cushion, and you're taking that practice out into life. So mindfulness is really, you know, putting meditation into motion, into practice, if you will. And you're right. You know, that's when it begins, literally when we get into the car and we are facing these moments where we have to practice even more how to be more present. So this is a big question I want to ask you because I see this in my work environment. And actually, it's, it's, it's about being able to affect others by inducing your own authentic self. How, how does being, being authentic awaken awareness in others? This is something I'm really curious about because I feel like with this current, you know, and in, in, in this long-term pandemic that we've been in, some of the public health measures that have been suggested to folks really haven't been mostly for our own protection. It's actually to protect everybody else. Like if we all could, you know, sort of just do our job, we could sort of get out of this quicker together. And it, I, it, I think I learned that um, sometimes in the Asian countries when, you know, I've seen people wearing masks, they do it because they are under the weather and they do it because they don't want to um, affect anybody else or get anybody else sick. And I feel if we were all more motivated to have our actions actually be towards um, the greater good and not just so selfish and what's good for me, then it could actually make a, it's kind of like working, you know, locally, which is that inside job that you and I have talked about, and that it dribbles out and it really affects people, I would say, you know, more globally, but in your, in your circle. So Talk to me about that. Um, when you when you get into this zone and you start being more authentic, how can it awaken other people? Well, it does really exemplify that you are a conscious human being and that by being present and being aware of not only yourself, which means your actions, your behavior, your deeds, you know, what comes out of your mouth, how are you behaving, especially at a time like this where we're all being very challenged to behave in a more conscious way, in a more kind way, a more compassionate way, caring more, not just of ourselves, but of other 
Do you know, I think 2020 was a huge learning curve. Do you know, I call it really a time of great personal transformation. Because if we can connect with, you know, how can we contribute to the wellness and betterment of my fellow man and woman, do you know, that is making me more conscious person. And again, it really requires you to be more authentic and real to yourself. And by being that person, it does really show in your behavior and how you are acting towards others. So you are really messaging, I care about you. I care about you enough to show you that I do. And I think we need that now more than ever, do you know? Because we also, you know, there were so many things that we were hit with last year. It was just like a tsunami of so mm. many changes and challenges and pivots, do you know? But really for me, what I, what I really took away from that was that it made us more hopefully aware, awake people so that we can function like that because we really need that right now more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we really do. If, if any time is a time for this book and the actions that follow it, it is for sure now. I will tell you that much. Thank you. Yeah, it's a beautiful book. You, you know, one of the things where I catch myself, and it's interesting, I have a connective tissue disorder. And so what, what happens for me is that I, I need to focus on um, con constant and continuous strength training, right? Just, uh, but, mm. and, and you know, when you're in a situation with a trainer, um, usually, you know, they'll do, okay, you know, 12, please, right? So I notice that when I'm doing these exercises, and it's so important to me, right, to stay physically healthy, I will wander off and I'll stop. And he's like, you've got two more. And I'm like, well, I counted to 12, but I also was thinking about <laughs> X, Y, and Z. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, my mind just like mm -hmm. flitters off. And so what I've been doing is using that as an opportunity because this piece of my life is so important to continue, you know, prehabbing, not really rehabbing. I don't want to ever have to rehab again. I want to prehab, right? I want to mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. get in there and make sure that prevention is the cure. And so I've been using those numbers and then watching my form and locking things in and being present in my body. And it's making such a difference. And I just, yeah. I saw that opportunity because it was something I was very aware of where I get a little spacey um, in my movements and in the counting and mm -hmm. I'm not really fully present. And now that mm -hmm. I'm fully present, I have been seeing literally results. I've been seeing outcomes that are much, mm. much better when you know than when my mind is like drifting off to who knows where. Yeah, I mean, you know what I say about mindfulness? It's the gift that keeps on giving, do you know? Because like sure. the more present we are, then we really are fully in the moment. And the benefits from that, you know, your example with exercising, do you know, if you're really not fully in the moment, and you're kind of just sort of like there, but not really, and you're hurrying to get to the next moment, or you're not really giving it 100%, do you know, then you're, then you're not going to get 100% out of it. But if you're really aware, like, oh, there I go again, you know, I'm not really in the moment, or I'm hurrying to get through this exercise, or I'm not really 100% connected to the mind body connection, if you will, when I'm exercising, so therefore I'm not going to get the most out of this workout. Do you know, that's what mindfulness does. It's like I always describe it like it goes like, Psst, hello, where are you? Because you're not really here. Where'd you, where'd you go? Where'd you just go? Do you know? And I want people to understand that this is something that they could do. You know, it's, you know, it sounds a little humorous, but if we could catch that, Holly, if we can catch when the mind begins to wander 
and bring it back into the moment. So let's just say if your mind is wandering and you're workout and go, okay, there I go. I'm gonna bring myself right back into the moment so that I can really do each and every count fully. And I'm really doing the mind-body connection fully. Do you know? Those are the friendly reminders that mindfulness really offers up to us. It reminds us when we're about to slip out of the moment. Yeah, it's, and you know, and the, the gentleness of, hey, you don't mind. You've been doing that for a long time. I got you. Come back. We're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, right. I, so this book is very, very important. You've got some great nods from Marianne Williamson. Jack Canfield says, living from our authentic core, we are able to create a more fulfilling and successful life from ourselves. Aura's unique strategy of intentional authenticity liberates the reader from mental and emotional baggage. Live True draws us into the current of our highest potential, our greatest healing, and our deepest love. Um, And so in closing today, it's been so nice to talk to you, but let's focus on where people can know more about the book and also more about you. Thank you, Holly. About the book, they can certainly order it on Amazon. We know that's a quick way to get it. (laughs) Or if you happen to have, well, you're at Beachwood Canyon, which I know really well. We do still have a couple of bookstores in LA and my book is, is in, you know, quite a few of them, but you know, obviously Amazon is. Yeah. So there's in LA, we've got this book soup and and always trying to support those local businesses. Yeah, exactly. But if you want to get it quickly, you know, I, I would suggest Amazon is the best bet for that. And the best way to find me and learn more about me, the work that I'm doing, is to go to ornadridge.com and you know that's my website it's got a whole lot going on on it uh to let you know yeah mindful listeners and anybody who's getting into coaching which is a busting big field and we all need a little coaching here and there um i want to spell that for them it's aura o-r-a and then N-A-D-R-I-C-H.com, so ornadrich.com. And once again, mindful listeners, it is Live True, a mindfulness guide to authenticity. Or thank you so much for sharing with us, for your work that you're doing. And um, perhaps we'll wave at each other someday. Oh, yes, yes, thank you. In our life gazing at a red light, (laughs) not not knowing it. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you bet. And mindful listeners, thanks again for being here. And we're going to see you next time.